Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Wednesday, March 30th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Schools throughout the country are ditching mask requirements, but legal experts say they still may be needed to protect medically vulnerable students. Once the district has knowledge that the kid is at risk of serious you know, health issues and needs to have others wear masks around that kid, they must respond. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Brian Munoz will tell us how one Metro East family is fighting to keep its daughter safe despite disappearing mask requirements. Lawmakers in Missouri are considering a bill requiring schools to limit lead concentrations in drinking water. The Midwest Newsroom's Niara Savage reports. Under the House bill, schools must provide drinking water with a lead concentration below one part per billion. Water systems in Missouri are currently required to take additional steps if the lead concentration exceeds 15 parts per billion. The bill would require schools to test water fixtures for lead and install filters where the toxin is found. Representative Dottie Bailey is sponsoring the legislation. Filtering is going to be a lot easier than pulling all the pipes out and and pulling out infrastructure. Lead is a colorless, odorless heavy metal that can cause irreversible developmental delays and learning difficulties in children. The requirement would go into effect for the 2023-2024 school year. For the Midwest Newsroom, I'm Niara Savage. More races are shaping up for Missouri's August 2nd primary now that the filing period has passed. An attorney and police union lobbyist in St. Louis and St. Louis County has filed to run against County Executive Sam Page in the Democratic primary. Jane Duker was a political advisor to former County Executive Steve Stenger, who resigned and pleaded guilty to federal corruption charges in 2019. She was also chief of staff for former Governor Bob Holden. Duker has been a vocal critic of Sam Page. Another political opponent of the county executive is not seeking re-election in August. Republican St. Louis County Council member Tim Fitch says he's not running again because of, quote, future family and professional commitments. He did not elaborate. Fitch represents parts of West and South St. Louis County. Researchers from local universities are partnering with St. Louis educators to try to study issues in schools. As St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports, the initiative is flipping the script for how education research typically takes place. The initiative brings together St. Louis City educators and researchers from Washington University, St. Louis University, Harris-Stowe, and the University of Missouri-St. Louis. The pilot project will focus on student mobility when kids leave or enter school before the end of the school year. Amber Jones is an assistant professor at Harris-Stowe State University and says she wouldn't have necessarily focused on mobility before doing this work. If you were just talking to me on the street and you were saying like, well, what do you think is most important to St. Louis schools? It might not have been like the first thing I thought of, but what is so important about it is that is the first thing that our practitioners thought of. The St. Louis School Research Practice Collaborative hopes to share its findings by the end of the year. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. Workers at a St. Louis area Starbucks have joined a national unionizing effort. Employees at the Ledoux Starbucks on Lindbergh Boulevard filed a petition with the National Labor Relations Board. They are organizing with Workers United, which is affiliated with the Service Employees International Union. More than 100 Starbucks locations have filed for union recognition in at least 20 states since the campaign first began last fall 
in Buffalo, New York. The St. Louis Theater Circle has announced its awards for the best in local theater. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports. The Muni's production of Chicago is the biggest winner this year with seven awards, including Outstanding Musical and Outstanding Ensemble. Dennis Jones won for his direction of the show and his choreography. The Black Rep's Two Trains Running won for Outstanding Drama. The award for Outstanding Production of a Comedy went to St. Louis Shakespeare Festival's Dress the Part. Muni Productions won nine awards altogether. St. Louis Shakespeare Festival also did well with eight wins, and The Midnight Company won six awards, including Best New Play for Joe Hanrahan's Tinseltown. The awards returned after a year off because of the coronavirus pandemic. A panel of theater critics considered productions from 2020 and 2021. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. Parents of medically vulnerable students are worried their children are no longer protected against coronavirus now that mask requirements have disappeared from schools. St. Louis Public Radio's Brian Munoz reports on one Metro East family's effort to ensure the community continues to protect its child. Six-year-old Lila Post loves coloring and playing with magnetic tiles, but one of her favorite pastimes is getting pushed on a tree swing which hangs outside of her family's Collinsville home. That's Leela swinging alongside her younger sister Bianca one recent evening. But away from their home, Leela's parents, Jacob Post and Stephanie Biondi, have worked hard to keep her safe since doctors diagnosed the six-year-old with leukemia in February 2021, the height of the coronavirus pandemic. Here's Biondi. When she first got diagnosed, we had just gotten our vaccines, and so we were kind of like preparing for things to get better. and. You know, we thought like everything's going to be going back towards normal. Leela is one of the almost two million school-aged children across the country who have a health condition that weakens their immune system, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Immunocompromised people have a higher risk of severe illness or death from COVID-19. Poe says trying to keep his daughter out of harm's way has been difficult. Every moment we had to think, okay, how do we keep Leela safe? And so that's been the, the biggest struggle, really, I think, is where how do we mitigate risk. One of the big ways the family has tried to keep Leela safe is to make sure people around her wear masks. But their attempts to do so became difficult in recent months because of a vocal contingent of parents who advocated for an end to mandatory mask requirements in the Collinsville schools. Biondi is a teacher at Collinsville High School. She pleaded with the school board last month to keep mask requirements in classrooms. Anything less denies my daughter her right to attend school and to have an education. And what's worse, communicates this community is comfortable with the risk of her life when it would be so easy for you to do something so small to protect her. The board voted at that meeting to lift the mask requirements, even though at the time the CDC recommended them. School officials cited low case counts and the need to mend a community divided on the issue. Since then, the CDC has relaxed its masking guidance for K-12 schools. The federal organization now only recommends masking in areas with high virus transmission. Cindy Klein-Webb is a pediatric developmental therapist who lives in the district and has worked with disabled students for over 30 years. She says some schools often don't take medically vulnerable students, like Leela, into account when making policy surrounding the pandemic. There was a lot of talk about students' rights or parents' rights, but this whole population of students have just been overlooked. But a failure to accommodate disabled students could violate federal law. 
a federal judge in the U.S. Court of Appeals' 8th Circuit, which includes Missouri, ruled that schools can require masks to protect medically vulnerable students even when local and state policies say they're not necessary. Tom Kennedy is a leading civil rights attorney in St. Louis who has represented disabled students for nearly 50 years. He says a framework of federal laws, including the Americans with Disabilities Act, requires schools to take reasonable measures to protect their disabled students. Whether or not there is a mask mandate, even in situations where there's a mandate not to wear masks, kids who are immunocompromised have a legal right to require mask wearing for those who are closely associated with him or her. Kennedy says he isn't aware of that fight being taken up in Illinois where the Post family lives. That could be in part because the state was one of the last to relax masking requirements in K-12 schools. Klein Webb, the developmental therapist, says parents have asked her how they can convince schools to act in the interest of their disabled children. Kennedy says parents must notify the schools of their children's needs. Once the district has knowledge that the kid is at risk of serious you know, health issues and needs to have others wear masks around that kid, they must respond. After the school board voted to get rid of mandatory masking in schools, Post says Leela's principal jumped to action and called every family with a child in her class. They all agreed to have their children continue wearing masks in order to protect his daughter. Biondi says her family is lucky to be part of a largely supportive community, but understands not all parents of disabled children have that support. You know, for a lot of people, I think that they have they've given up and they feel like it's over. And so I think that as a parent, it would be easy to feel that way. You know, uh, we got lucky, but if things had gone differently, we would be fighting. Leela's family says they're happy things have worked out so far in keeping her safe. After all, their goal is to give the cheerful six-year-old who loves to swing the most normal childhood possible. In Collinsville, I'm Brian Munoz, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Brian Heffernan and David Casares edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.